The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter, and welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, as I'm bringing you three to four shows per week filled with football knowledge that's going to help your team win your leagues this season. So you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. Welcome back. Welcome back. What's up, everybody? We are in the home stretch of this month and this podcast. It's not going to be around forever, but don't worry. This is a huge, huge week for this show. We are building up to what is essentially the largest draft weekend of the year. And to get there, we are going to be talking to some heavy hitters. And that starts today. And we're talking about the Detroit Lions. You want some hawk talk? Oh, we got some hawk talk. I dialed up Dave Burkett. He's the Lions beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Go to freep.com to check out all of his work. You can find him at Dave Burkett on Twitter. He's a pro football Hall of Fame voter. That's right, big time. He's also a three-time Michigan Sports Writer of the Year winner. So it's no wonder that he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2021 Lions. And I'm being serious. There's a lot of hawk talk coming up. So what are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Burkett. Hello. Hello, Dave. How you doing? Good. How are you, man? Good. It's always a, an honor and privilege to speak with you every year, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time. So thanks once yeah, again. No problem at all. Very excited to get to know this Lions team for 2021. I believe you're coming off the preseason game in Pittsburgh that saw the Lions go down 26-20 to 20 with all 20 of those points coming in the fourth quarter. What were some of your big takeaways from that game for the offensive side of the ball? Ooh, offense didn't do much, did they? I mean, at least not through the first three quarters or two and a half quarters, I guess. You know, look. Honestly, I don't get too caught up with preseason results, um, especially not when it's the first team uh, offense and defense that the Steelers were playing against uh, the largely second team offense and defense that the Lions were playing. But, you know, I, I thought David Blau did some good things in the second half. Uh, you know, leading three touchdown drives. You can see the boxy that he has. Look, I, I don't know that this certainly wasn't the, the convincing factor. I've, I've been of the belief all along that the Lions weren't going to be a, a great offensive team this year, but they, they showed, you know, uh, some of the reasons why, I guess. I mean, Panay Sewell is still a work in progress. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's still got some some work that he needs to do, though, and there just is not a ton in that receiving core right now, so I worry about how explosive the passing game can be. Blau uh, hanging on, uh, even with the regime change, that's pretty cool. Right, and, you know, I mean, the fact that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, you know, they, they went out and signed Tim Boyle, obviously, as a free agent, but they didn't even bring another rookie to, to rookie minicamp. Um, we all remember that from the spring and they said basically because there just wasn't anybody out there that was going to be able to compete with Blau so you know they thought highly enough of him to 
I think at least uh, give him a roster spot, both him and Boyle a roster spot this fall. Awesome. Well, Dave, usually I like to kick things off by talking about this offense as a whole and use team total stats from last year as a building block for this year. But this is a team that's one of the most transformed from 2020 coming into this season. So I'm throwing those out, but we do need your help getting a sense of this team's offensive philosophy from what you've seen in camp and now a couple preseason games. What are head coach Dan Campbell and offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn putting together in terms of scheme, formations, tendencies for this campaign that's going to see the Lions roar into the end zone a little bit more in 2021. Well, I don't know that they will be in the end zone a little bit more. Like I said, I, I have my doubts about uh, you know the how proficient this offense is going to be. And frankly, I, I I think they're more likely to finish in the bottom you know five of the NFL in most categories than, than to improve on what they did last year. But you'll see them run the ball a lot. You'll see them try to work off play action. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both should play very big roles for this team. And that's both running the ball and in the passing game. Game. You know, beyond that, they, they went out and signed Tyrell Williams and Prashad Perryman trying to get some speed on the outside, but we just haven't seen a whole lot of that in camp. We see a lot of the short passes. I think Jared Goff is going to use TJ Hawkinson a lot. He's going to use those running backs a lot in the passing game. And, you know, probably for good reason. I mean, those are, are some of the Lions' better playmakers. But, again, my, my fear for this offense is just the, the lack of a vertical attack, I guess, the lack of big playability. Um, out of the passing attack yeah I did want to start off <laughs> from a negative place but uh, it does kind of seem like consensus is this Lions offense isn't going to be coming out too hot and it sounds like they're not doing anything so far to uh, change that opinion yeah and you know they they downplay it you talk to uh, you know Mark Brunel the quarterbacks coach or Anthony Lynn the offensive coordinator and they they certainly you know speak highly of Jared Goff and you know the leadership that he's shown and sort of the direction that he's taken this offense um you know, I, my belief is that it's going to be hard for the Lions. Part of them certainly wants, you know, Jared Goff to succeed, right? That way you don't have to spend a, a draft pick on a quarterback next year. And, you know, maybe you can use that extra draft capital you have to build other areas of the team. But I think it's going to be hard to come out of this season saying, yeah, Jared Goff is our guy because I just don't see the offense doing much. So, you know, Goff is, I think he's, he's a better quarterback maybe than some people give him credit for and, and maybe than what we'll see from him and the Lions this year. But I don't ultimately know that he's the guy long-term for some of the reasons I've mentioned. Right. Well, let's dig into Goff a little bit more next. Despite his somewhat maligned reputation, he's led to a lot of wins in real-life football. But even with those high-powered Rams teams, he only has a career-high season of 32 touchdowns, so probably not leading a ton of wins for fake football, which we're talking about here. He gets a lot of heat, say McVay propped him up over the years. But then Lions QB coach Mark Brunel, who you mentioned, he showered in with a little praise, giving a breeze comp in some areas uh, in a presser this week what have you seen from golf so far and where are you at in general it doesn't sound like you're in a great place for his outlook in 2021 what's going on with golf for us fantasy gamers yeah i i'd probably be a fader in fantasy you know i think there's there's better options out there um you know unless you're in the deepest of leagues i guess or a two quarterback league something like that but look you know jared golf is i think what we saw in la is probably going to be what he is in detroit and that's at least the last year or two where that's you know they're they're devoid of some of that big playability and he did you know i think uh last year he averaged a career low in in yards per or air yards per attempt you know some of those next gen stats that uh you know we like to have fun with and that's what i see from him this year is that it's going to be a lot of the same where he's he's checking down he's he's throwing to his backs in the flats and you know maybe that's good that he'll protect the football from a real football standpoint but from a fantasy standpoint 
um, I don't know that we're going to have that he's going to be putting up big numbers for for anyone that owns him on their teams. I don't want to bury golf even more here, but uh, you're out there at camp. Uh, is there a pretty significant difference between watching Matt Stafford over the years and now Jared Goff uh, lead this offense? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I've I've said that. I mean, someone had asked me, you know, a couple of weeks ago, sort of my my immediate takeaway on Jared Goff, and that's what I said was, well, he's not Matthew Stafford, and you know, I'm certainly I wasn't Stafford's biggest champion. I mean, I thought he was a good quarterback, but you know, there are a lot of shortcomings there, and that's why the, the Lions never won a playoff game. Some of that falls on him, but the the difference in arm talent is evident. The difference in, um, I guess, mentality is evident. You know, Matthew would, you know, he'd try to squeeze some balls into impossible windows, throw down the field frequently. You know, we just we just don't see as much of that out of out of Jared as we did Matthew. So I think that's how the offense may look. You know, that may be the biggest difference in how the Lions' offense looks this fall. Great insights, Dave. Thank you so much. Uh, let's talk about the pass catchers next, specifically the tight end room. While DeAndre Swift is usually the first line off the board, the line with the most fantasy buzz this offseason and this month leading up to draft day is TJ Hawkinson. He's sporting a new look similar to his new head coach during his playing days. Doppelganger narrative aside, people are shouting from the mountaintops to draft Hawk early and often, penciling him as a top receiver for this team, including the wideouts because of his pedigree and talent. He's coming off a 101 target, 67 catch, and 6TD year. What have you seen from him in camp? And do you think fantasy analysts trip down narrative street with that target leading forecast will pay off? I think all those numbers are going up this year. I'd definitely be a buyer, you know, after that first group of, you know, Kelsey and, and George Kittle and, and some of those guys, you know, Darren Waller, maybe, you know, Hawk is, is right there. I mean, he's going to lead this team in yards and receptions and touchdowns. You know, he and Jared Goff seem to have a pretty good rapport. TJ has missed a little bit of time with injury here this training camp, but he seems to be back healthy now and the Lions are just being cautious, keeping him out or keep trying to get him ready for week one. But he's the guy to own if you're going to own a, a Lions player because he's going to be such an important part of this offense. Well, that's uh, music to the ears of all the people who've been uh, touting TJ Hawkinson uh, all offseason, and he's, he's got a fair amount, and uh, sounds like rightfully so. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, the wide receiver room is where we're going to need some help, Dave. Outside of Quintez Cephas, <laughs> this room is full of new faces. We've got Brashad Perryman, who's come alive a bit after early career disappointment. Tyrell Williams making his third stop in the NFL. And he's offered some blips of fantasy glory everywhere he's been. Lots of people in the Dynasty community are all in on Amon. Rossi Brown. Deep in the echo chambers, Sage Charette, a down roster guy, has his truthers. What have you seen from these guys, and how do you expect this room to play out into the field? Uh, look, uh, you know, Tyrell Williams is the number one receiver, but he's not going to be a number one fantasy receiver. I mean, he's the guy that if you're, you're trying to figure out who's going to get the most targets out of that receiving core, it's probably Tyrell Williams. You know, he'll play a little bit inside, he'll play a little bit out. But, you know, uh, St. Brown is definitely, if you're in a, a, a long-term key Keeper league at Dynasty League, he's the guy that you want to own because I think he's a guy that's you know he's probably going to catch 50 or so passes as a rookie. He's going to play a lot. He's going to be the number two or number three receiver for this team. Um, so there is a little bit of upside there for him. I, I don't foresee a lot of yards. I don't foresee a lot of touchdowns. 
uh, healing year one, but definitely a guy that you can envision being an important part of this offense going forward. Rashad Perryman, look, I'd, I'd stay away in fantasy. I just, I haven't seen you know, much of anything from him, truthfully, uh, you know, to this point. I mean, whether it was back in spring or, or now, he's been hurt a little bit here this summer. Uh, he just hasn't done much to really excite people um, around the organization. Uh, you know, I envision him as the number four or five receiver right now. Uh, Khalif Raymond has been running first team with St. Brown and, and with uh, Tyrell Williams. And, you know, then it's going to be one of Quintez Cephas or Brashad Perryman who's going to be that that second big receiver, I guess. And so I'm not even sure what sort of role that Perryman is going to have for the Lions this fall. What about Cephas? Uh, he had a little bit of buzz last year. He had uh, a couple games he was at least on the field any improvement coming into year two for him you know he's a guy that coaches have said got off to a slow start in their eyes back in the spring and has sort of steadily improved so i really i, I could see him being the the number four receiver essentially right they're, they're not gonna have five active on game days and, you know tom kennedy's had a strong camp and he might even make a push for that number five job but cephas is he's a guy that has some size uh, he's not going to get a lot of separation but he seems to to be able to catch some balls in some of those those tight windows again it's just a matter of will jared golf actually throw those to him if he's not getting great separation golf has played it safe so far in camp from what we've seen that's sort of been his history of late so i think cephas uh would have a minor role for the lions this fall again if you're uh, if you're looking for somebody to to be a starter for you even to be a, a key backup i don't know that you're going very deep on this lions receiving core in fact after tyrell williams and i'm on ross st brown i think in most 10 or 12 team leagues you're, you're probably staying away from most lions receivers well, let's talk about the lion that people are drafting. He's the first one off the board. That's DeAndre Swift. People in these fantasy streets are quite enamored with Mr. Swift, not just for the potential uptick that year two usually brings for players, but the opportunity for him to be the lead back and potentially unlock a ceiling through the air. Last year, he did chip in 46 catches and 10 total TDs. Pretty good for being part of a rotation and banged up. Now, he's currently battling a groin injury, but from what you've seen from Swift so far, how do you see his usage in 2021? Well, we haven't seen anything from from DeAndre Swift this summer. Um, you mentioned the groin injury. That's really kept him out all of camp. I mean, he did a little bit of individual work here and there. Hasn't really done any teamwork since the very beginning of camp. But knowing what the Lions, how they want to run this offense, what they envision him being, I do think he is the number one running back still. I think you'll see both him and Jamal Williams um, get plenty of work. Uh, again, both uh, carrying the football and, and catching the football they will, they will have a timeshare in some way. But, you know, uh, if all things work out the way the Lions want them to, I, I would think Swift is a guy that's going to get, you know, 20, 22 touches a game. And Jamal Williams is maybe in that 12 to 15 touch mode. So both guys could be worth owning uh, depending on the structure of your league. But uh, if you're only drafting one, I think Swift is the guy. But look, the, the injury thing, that does worry me a little bit just because, you know, when I guess I've been bit by that soft tissue injury bug before, right? When you, you're hoping a guy's gonna be there be ready for week one and maybe he's ready but maybe he's not quite what you expect him to be so um, I don't know where he's going in standard fantasy leagues uh, I'd still be a, a buyer of him but uh, there might be some other options out there that that you prefer yeah what is the sense around the, the groin injury I, I'm sure it's you know party line everything's going to be fine but uh, you know yes. you're around this team is there a growing sense that this might be something that bleeds deeper into this season than people would care for well 
You're right. I mean, you know, Dan Campbell has said that, you know, he's going to be ready for week one. You know, that's the, you know, the expectation. And certainly that's the most important thing, right? We don't need to see him now. You need him to, to be out there in September and beyond. So the Lions are, are planning this the, the right way. It's just, you know, when you have a guy in Jamal Williams who you trust, uh, and that's the coaches do explicitly, he's the only free agent the Lions signed this offseason who they gave a multi-year deal to. You know, maybe you you have the luxury of of bringing him back slowly to start the season, or if something flares up, you know, going with a, a season that like Jamal, and and so I think that's where I'd be a little more leery. I don't I don't get the sense that you know DeAndre Swift is going to you know miss a month of the season. I I don't think that's in the in the cards at all or on the table as a possibility at all. It's just maybe more a, a usage thing early on in the season, and then you know he did miss a couple games last year with migraine issues. You know, so so maybe it's maybe it's something that that you have to keep an eye on is is a little bit is is the injury history with him you've mentioned jamal williams a couple times i want to touch on him real quick Uh, anthony lynn has called him his a back in the past uh how has jamal's camp been has he looked like he's been worth the investment by the lions so far yeah no he's a look uh you know we're talking about players worth owning in fantasy i mean to me it starts with with Hawkinson and, and Swift, but Jamal Williams is probably number three on that list just because he's a good handcuff for for Swift if you if you own Swift and and then I do think there is some upside based on he's going to be playing some third downs. You know, he has some receiving ability that the Lions do want to run the football and again the injury bug with with Swift. So, you know, there's you know, you're probably not starting Jamal Williams week one in your fantasy league, but uh, depending on how deep your benches are, he's a guy that you could certainly hold on to and and maybe get uh, a little more uh, than you would expect out of his draft position. Dave, I'm deep in a draft right now. I'm about to be on the clock. Uh, I th- I'm, think- I'm thinking about taking him. I'm, I'm thinking about taking him. Um, this is yeah, real. I, mean, I love it. No, look, honestly, like, I, I again, you know, you, you can't take him and expect him to be a big-time contributor for you in week one or week two, right? He's going to play, and maybe maybe Swift's injury flares up, and he'll be more than you expect early on. But I think that's just sort of a, a long-term play, right, which, which some of these running backs are because – you never know what's going to happen with the starter. You know, you see how usage shakes out and, and maybe, you know, if he's catching six passes a game, then maybe in a PPR league, he's, you know, there is a little more use for, for a guy like that. Great stuff, Dave. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to, yeah, he's, he's, when I'm on the clock, he's getting drafted. Okay. Well, I have two, <laughs> I have two. I hope I didn't steer you wrong, man. No, no I, I'm, I'm interested in him. I'm interested in him. I got two questions left. One uh, real quick. Uh, so this is obviously a, a, a different camp than usual. What What is it like with uh, Dan Campbell in charge? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, entertaining, I guess, as, as people would expect, right? He's, but I, I think it's more than just the entertainment value. It's, you know, it's refreshing the, the honesty and, you know, the, the being forthright just about himself and mistakes that he makes and things going on around the team. And, and so, you know, I think a lot of people that have, you know, followed this team close or, or been a part of this, not just from a media standpoint, people within the organization, you know, they see that and they appreciate that. And, and in a lot of ways that allows them to be themselves too. And, and so I think that um, is ultimately maybe the, the biggest thing that will come from from Dan Campbell is that, you know, he's so comfortable in his own skin being who he is and, you know, realizing that it's okay to, to make mistakes and that you don't know everything. You know, other people say, well, if the lead guy can do that, then I can be that way too. And so I think that may help 
people, players, um, you know, get the most out of, you know, who they are and what they can do on the field. So, you know, Dan is certainly, uh, you know, there's, there's a, something that he says every press conference or so that, that I know people in the national media are, you know, laughing at, or, you know, is, is leading off their, their football shows. But I think it's, it goes a lot deeper than that with him. I love the uh, insights uh, as you are on the ground there in Detroit and you have the inside scoop. So thank you, Dave. And uh, all right, I'm gonna get you out of here. What is your boldest take for fantasy for this Lions team in 2021? And it doesn't sound like <laughs> there's a lot of optimism, but if you had to, to have a hot take uh, for fantasy for this team, what would it be? Yeah, I don't know that I have much of a hot take. I mean, stay away. I wouldn't touch golf, you know, in most standard leagues. Look, I think it's fair that um, – I don't know how bold this is, but I think TJ Hawkinson is going to catch 85 passes and, you know, maybe, you know, have a thousand yards or something like that. He, he He's going to be the guy that fronts this, you know, passing game. And like I said, I expect him to lead the Lions in all major receiving categories if he stays healthy. So again, he's maybe not quite in that Kelsey Kittle, you know, Waller tier, whoever you might put at that very top, but you're not going to you're not going to go wrong drafting him as your as your number one tight end. Dave, a masterclass in football talk once again. Thank you so much for joining me. You've said it all. Where can people find all your stuff? Yeah, as always freep.com, Detroit Free Press that is for those outside the Detroit area and you can follow me on Twitter at Dave Burkett. B-I-R-K-E-T-T. And everyone should, even though the Lions might not be on your (laughs) team. Uh, Dave uh, is an incredible writer, and uh, this is a big deal to have him on. So, Dave, once again, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, until next year, have a great season. TJ Hawkinson, the real deal. All other Lions, full fade. You are now dialed in.